That was Snowdin by DJ Cutman featuring Sprightly, which is of course a remix based on the music by Toby Fox for the Undertale saga. As both Undertale and Deltarune feature a lot of gorgeous one-bit art, I found it appropriate to feature some of their music on this show for all of you to enjoy. Now, let's move on to our discussion with Possibly Axolotl, where we're discussing one-bit gizmos like the Pebble smartwatches, and also tools like GB Studio, which allows pretty much anyone to create Game Boy games. Hello everyone, welcome to One Bit Wonders. In this episode, I am co-hosted by Possibly Axolotl, and we are talking about the Pebble watches, as well as the GB Studio tool for making Game Boy games on PC. So, hey, um, anything you'd like to say to start off? Uh, hi, I'm possibly Axlotl. I make games and stuff, which is, I know, a really interesting and different topic from anything else anyone's ever done. But like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I have, I have my pebble here actually because I was just charging charging it up before doing this. Yeah. Yeah. The reasons why I thought um, you'd be a great candidate to have as co-host today is because one, you have experience with Pebble, and two, you also have experience with GB Studio. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, Let's start with the Pebble, uh, the things we uh, like about it, maybe some of the history behind it. So for those of you who don't know, um, Pebble was kickstarted uh, several years ago. Um, it was a massive hit. Um, it came actually before the Apple Watch. So yeah, it was um, the, probably the first actually good smartwatch um well it also has um some very uh quirky animations like every time you do something um some really snappy and cute animations play out uh, that's something i really like uh that the ui and the user experience is very playful um also what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, sadly, the company is no longer around. They were acquired by Fitbit, which later got acquired by Google. So it's kind of like the um, fish gets eaten by the shark, shark gets eaten by the megalodon kind of story. Yeah. As soon as something gets acquired by Google, fear starts like going, coursing through your veins. Yeah. So, or Facebook. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sadly, um, they are not around, but their devices are still functional because um, I think the developer team kind of open sourced it at last moment um, when they were acquired by Fitbit. So, um, you, well, long story short, there's a service called Rebel, which kind of revives your Pebble so you can still use it nowadays. And it's an excellent service as it saves um, your data on the cloud. Um, so when you, um, well, for example, it saves some of my notes. So, um, well, there's a note up, but that's something we'll talk about later. Um, but, but yeah, Rebel is great. Yeah, I actually got it. I actually set it up with Rebel as soon as I got it because I was told like, hey, the watch actually doesn't work at all unless you use this pretty much, which was very interesting. It's actually not that bad to set up. It's really well made. What sucks, though, is because I use an iPhone. The app was removed recently from the App Store, and I got a new one recently, which makes it far more difficult to use. Yeah, and also Apple uh, thinks sideloading is for criminals, so yeah. <laughs> Um, that's your you only way custom to software. Your, yeah, that's the only way to use your device now with side loading and 
yet Apple is um, basically saying, oh no, uh, it's um, evil to go and sideload um, and shit like that. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so um, some of the, what are some of your favorite watch faces? Like, I have one that like the time falls down as like Tetris blocks and they like move into place and stuff when the time oh, changes, cool. which I like a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Right now I have one where blocks kind of shift around and uh, when the um, minutes and hours change, um, the blocks kind of reorganize um, into the new time. Um, and also, well, it tells uh, what day of the week it is and what day of the month. Uh, also, there's one I like a lot, which is the Mario watch face. Yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah, every minute Mario jumps and, uh, well, basically the hour is in one block and the minutes are in another block. So Mario hits um, the blocks and they change. So that's super cool. Um, also, um, every six hours, I think, or no, I think every eight hours or something, um, the environment changes. So early morning, you get um, like world one one. Um, then you get um, the no 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 ah uh, yeah. Then you get like the night version, which is in Super Mario Brothers two, like the Japanese one, Lost Levels. Um, I, I'm not sure. No, I I also think that uh, night version is on the original but i'm not sure and then when it's midnight like at 12 o'clock you get uh the underground yeah i i didn't know about that part of it i thought it was just mario standing there just the whole time hitting the block occasionally like every minute didn't know the background change that's what's cool about the watch faces they can do a lot of weird stuff like that yeah yeah there was also like i think um the depth kit for the watch faces so that's why uh, a lot of watch faces have these cute little interactions to them yeah um, there's also one of animal crossing which uh it, it looks really cute but i don't think it's as readable as the other watch faces because the font for the time is like a little on the smaller side so <laughs> i like um slightly more visible recognizable numbers um, but yeah, it's also a very cute uh, watch face. Um, so you got any other favorites or? Um, well, I, for most of my time having it, I've used the Tetris one. I like it. Yeah, there's also yeah. a classic Mac one. Um, I don't like it a lot, a lot because um, there's like a lot of elements like um, trying to mimic the Mac screen. So um, it, it's kind of distracting and the actual thing you want to see on screen, which is the time. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, um, it's front and center, but uh, the fact that there's so many noise like around the time, uh, I don't know, it's something I don't like as, as much. Yeah, um, like I there were, there were a, lot of, a lot of watch faces that had a lot of extra things. I just don't need on it. Which is why I don't pick them because yeah they look kind of cool but I don't need my exact location written on the watch at all times and like <laughs> yeah. my weather and everything I just want to know the time yeah um so um let's go to something a bit more interesting with our favorite apps which yeah it has a very um a surprisingly um big following of app developers and well, uh, first of all, the one I was talking about, which is the checklist. And um, you can write some really short notes um, using the three buttons on the pebble through a method called um, tertiary, um, in which it, it's a, a little like um, the way you would write on old um, feature phones. Uh, but uh, instead of being time-based, which is something I absolutely hated about those, um, like if you take one second, then um, the, the letter is printed and you 
you have to erase it if you want. Uh, it's just, um, well, tertiary is, despite being, uh, um, despite having less buttons, I think it's actually more functional as a writing method than the one used in the feature phones. Um, because you have no like time limit to um, actually click through the letters. Um, so yeah, I can write um, short notes very uh, comfortably. I can also use voice, but um, I don't like voice input as much because um, when you uh, are putting like weird words or um, a lot of symbols and stuff, yeah, voice doesn't quite cut it. So yeah, yeah. that's why I use tertiary. Um, so yeah, it keeps my notes. And even if like I format the pebble, uh, it, it, the data is kept on the Rebel account actually. So that's something I really like. Um, so I actually um, deleted it a couple of times. Um, well, not not the not intentionally. Like uh, there there was a bit of a bug, so I had to fix it. And and I thought, oh, my data is gonna be gone. Well, um, but no. Uh, when I came back, all my data was there because Rebel does such a great job um, keeping your data um, safe. Like. Um, so when you, um, I don't know, change watches, like, like let's say um, yours, um, they are pretty resistant. Like they can take a yeah. lot of water and stuff and scratches. But um, yeah, the thing is you, um, your data um, is stored in the Rebel server. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about setting up your own cloud, which it's something, setting up your own clouds is really cool, but um, yeah, it's also good to have like um, a service that uh, does it for you and that um, isn't, uh, you know, controlled by a, a huge creepy corporation like Facebook. Yeah. Um, in this case, it's basically um, a bunch of thinkers who are passionate about the Pebble project and yeah, I I really like Rebel because it it, it does um, its job quite well, which is to um, keep functionality on the pebbles, and that functionality is um, downloading applications, um, syncing up with the cloud. Yeah, it does all that phenomenally well. Is there an app you like as well? I played a few games on it because I know it's not the best thing for playing games but it had like a what is it a gyroscope in it so i could like oh, yeah. some games would use that there was one where it's like you're moving down a tunnel there's some blocks blocking your way so you have to move the watch to get out of the way and stuff like that yeah i played those that. were fun yeah so the, yeah we'll actually guess, talk about games next it's something oh, i'm also excited about uh, but um in terms of apps, another one I really like is the RSS reader. Um, so that has actually become one of my favorite ways of um, keeping up with news. Um, I have RSS feeds for um, a bunch of different news sites I like, like Lily Putting, which is um, for gadgets and stuff. It's a cool site. Also some... Um, well, there's a couple of more activism-related sites which I keep up with um, there. So um, I think the size of the font is just right. Like for a tiny watch, um, you are like you can see it pretty comfortably, even if the screen is like two inches. Um, so it's a really well-designed app, and you just gotta scroll through with the buttons. Um, and yeah, I really like the RSS reader. Um, because the watch itself doesn't have Wi-Fi, um, your phone has to be connected um, through a network, like whether it's data or Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, once you, um, but if you have that, yeah, it's a great place to read your um, news without um, draining your phone's battery. Um, because the screen on the Pebble is super um, battery efficient. Um, yeah. 
I could have it like um, I could have it running for multiple weeks on end with no recharging at all. It just doesn't need to charge that much because the screen is really good and it just doesn't need to use a lot of power. Yeah, let's also talk about that screen because it's a very interesting aspect about the device. Mm -hmm. um, it's not your regular OLED screen like you see on, I don't know, Samsung Gears and Apple Watches or your Retina displays. Like, no, it's, um, it's very low res, but uh, that also means it's got um, like quite a, quite a bit of juice. So you can use it. Well, because I use it like actively, like I'm playing games, I'm um, like seeing my RSS feeds, all of that. Um, it lasts around um, four days for me, uh, but the average is seven actually. Um, but yeah, um, the battery and, and it like, it charges up in like an hour and a half, I think. Um, so yeah, it's really, really fast. It's also got a magnetic charger, so uh, yeah, it, it's got a satisfying snap when yeah. you touch it up. Like, got it right here. Uh, the charger doesn't reach the mic. Never mind. Oh, back down. Um. So another game I really like to. Well, yeah. Let's move on to the. You wanna talk about apps, or you wanna move to games already? Um, I'll just go over apps quickly. There was one app that I saw that was really interesting because it came out like a few days after Rebel reopened their app store for developers to put games in and apps in. It was um, went online and it grabbed all the COVID like um, COVID cases and stuff and showed them on the watch, mm. which was really yeah. cool to see because it would show them for the world and then your area, so you kind of know all that, know the news around your area about that. Yeah, that's, um, it's good to have that information. And um, also uh, one app, well, this is very close to gaming, but it's still technically an app. Um, Just on the edge of it. RPG dices, like you can roll D6s or D, D12s, all of that stuff, uh, D20s. Um, so if you like tabletop RPGs, yeah, there's that app um, where you can uh, generate random numbers based on those dice, those dice, sorry. Um, and there's also one called Wiki Pebble, which um, you can read the start of Wikipedia articles with it. Um, so you get um, like the gist of um, whatever you uh, have in mind. So, uh, like, if there's um, there's a really cool feature, um, but that's more um, for people who can afford to travel a lot, which is yeah. not me. So, um, that well, that feature allows you to see um, like Wikipedia articles of things that are nearby. So, like, if you go to a new city, you can see um, maybe, oh, what's the deal with this um, ancient tomb? Or, like, what's the story behind this statue? And, yeah, you can check, um, like, um, local things of interest on that um, app as well. So, yeah, the wiki pebble is co cool for taking, like, a glance at stuff um on wikipedia that's um, just like generally a cool idea for an app where it shows you a lot of info about the area you're in so you can walk around it'll bring up different stuff about like what's around you like what that building over there is and all that stuff yeah which uh is kind of um related to the whole metaverse thing going on um which I honestly hope um, Facebook doesn't uh, win the quote-unquote metaverse race. I hope it's some yep. random indie company that just dethrones them. Um, that would be. I hope it's just like I hope it's just not centered around a specific company. Like it's a lot yeah. of different people, different groups doing different things for it. 
Yeah, kind of like the Fediverse or like the yeah. web where you can like maybe there's like um, web pages that are um, well, basically everyone hosts their own worlds and their own um, I don't know uh, furniture or like clothes and stuff. And I really wish um, they spread kind of like um, uh, kind of like the way early internet stuff spread. Um, where because I, I don't like the approach Facebook has, where oh, in the in the future everything is an NFT. Ugh. No, uh, no, no, no. I want I, I want everything to be like memes and be distributed everywhere and. Uh, who cares about copyright? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's actually the future I envision. Um, like, yeah. and it and it's actually the more plausible future. I think. I don't think anyone's gonna give a damn about um, whether your avatar is copyrighted or not. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like that's the thing I was actually looking into the other day. Apparently you're not supposed to have copyrighted stuff as your avatars and anything but nobody cares nobody cares about that <laughs> like yeah like who fine. cares if it's the official uh, mickey mouse skin or it's a counterfeit you made in today's like who cares is mario in your profile picture nintendo's gonna sue you yeah <laughs> so um yeah um in terms of <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of sidetracked there a little, but it's okay. Um, in terms of uh, games, um, I really like uh, 2048. Um, like, it's saved me from some dreadfully boring moments. Um, just uh, having a little match of it, and it actually fits really well with the four-button layout. Um, so yeah, 2048 is fun. And there's also Tiny Bird, which is a remake of um, Flappy Bird. Yep. Uh, and the physics are spot on. Like, mm -hmm. uh, they are uh, very similar to the original, like not too floaty, not too heavy. Um, so yeah, that yep. that's also good. Um, there's also Pebble Trees, which is uh, Tetris on Pebble. And yeah, Tetris is a classic. It's always a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah, and my absolute favorite, I would say, is Pebble Band, which is Soko Band, but on Pebble. And the reason why I find it uh, so fun is because, um, unlike the other games, which are mostly like very silly, um, tiny games um, for like five minutes. Um, Sokoban actually um, teases your brain quite a lot. So it's also fun to have um, a game that is a little more uh, mentally engaging. Um, yeah, I, I also like having that on my wrist, um, which is something I like more than, um, for example, the Tamagotchi smartwatch. It's all just very dumb games. Like, yeah. uh, try avoiding these fruits that are falling to you uh, or, or things like that. And with uh, the Pebble, you actually have some uh, kind of smarter games, like chess even. Um, they figured out a very intuitive way to um, select your pieces and stuff. Um, like, it's not perfect. Um, it's... A little janky but it it works like you can get your piece uh to this to whatever you want on the board so that's good um and yeah that's something i like about the pebble how open it is and it's something this um quote-unquote uh like kid-friendly smart smart watches um kind of avoid which is what makes them not smart like, I think the Tamagotchi smartwatch, um, yeah, I, I have um, talked a lot about it. Um, but yeah, what I don't like about that device is that you are basically locked to what the company thought would be fun. And with the Pebble, it's up to the community to decide, like, 
what they want to play there. And um, yeah, I just like uh, more open devices. And uh, Pebble is actually smart. Like it, display, it, it displays your notifications. You can um, control your music and stuff. With the Tamagotchi Smart, as it's called, you get none of that. Like the only smart feature it has is that it counts your steps. That's it. <laughs> like it can only be so smart, so interesting when it's limited to like a few apps. If it's open, yeah. anyone can make their own things, then it can be as smart or as interesting or as cool as the community wants it to be. Like my brother has this um like VTech, I think it is like smartwatch it has a like little screen and a camera on it but then it's like has three or four games and then that's all and they're not that good yeah that's what i don't like about closed um hardware um <laughs> that um you know uh if i had gotten like a tamagotchi smart instead of a pebble like after a week i swear that thing would not be on my wrist <laughs> like it doesn't it, it's it's just not the thing um that you want to wear for more than a week um like it's um yeah those kind of devices get boring uh really quickly because of that um because of how close they are um they just stop being fun really soon yeah uh, or Wait, useful yeah. like uh maybe i don't know um uh, the, the thing is with Pebble, you have like those servers that um, are still up because of the community. Imagine like if the Tamagotchi smart thing, um, like it's a flop and we and Namco decides to shut it down, then you, um, you have a useless uh, trinket after that. Hmm. So yeah, I really like, uh, the, I, I, I really like that. Pebble open source the whole thing so it wouldn't die um, like all of those devices. Uh, so yeah, um, and also the community has done its part um, keeping it alive through new apps and um, new watch faces and stuff. So yeah, it's a really passionate community actually. Yeah, because like I said before, they recently opened up the, well not recently, but recent-ishly open up the app store again so there's a lot of new apps and things going into it that you would never see on even an apple watch because you have to have an apple developer license a hundred dollars a year all that yeah yeah <laughs> and with this like basically um anyone who's got uh, the watch can uh, create apps or yeah, I, I think for watch faces, you don't even need the watch. Like, I, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, um, it's just a really cool device, a really cool company that died too soon. Um, I think um, smartwatches um, are better because of them. I think they, they kind of set the foundations of what a smartwatch should be able to do. Um, so, yeah, um, I really, really like um, Pebble. Um, yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> yep. Well, the company, the, yeah. the, yeah, the smartwatches are still fine. Like, I think even you can even replace the battery if it goes wrong. Um, yeah, they're even like working on making their own hardware I saw on a blog post from them. They're like making their own Pebble hardware and stuff now. So it's never probably never going to die anytime soon at least. Yeah. Um, so um, are there any more games um, you liked before we move on to? Um, one thing that I got on, I probably shouldn't have paid for it because it was just like a little like thing I messed with a few times. It was a clone of Tiny Wings, which oh, I yeah. paid like, yeah, I paid like two or three dollars for it, which it's not bad. It's not a bad price, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, um, you just hold down and then it goes down like in the regular game. Yeah. Um, the reason why yeah. I didn't, uh, get that 
is because uh, it automatically turns on your backlight, which is oh. something I, yeah, I really yeah. don't like that. Um, um, because I usually have enough light to look at the watch. So um, adding like extra eye strain um, to, and also draining battery slightly faster is something I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, like some games had an option to have the backlight always on, but that was mapped to like an extra button or something or a menu. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like when it forces it on no matter what, when you're in some app. Yeah. Um, also, what else was the talk? Mm, no, I, I, I forgot my, my train of thought just left. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, the future alternatives or like spiritual successors of Pebble. Um, there's the Bangle JS. Um, I think it just finished Kickstarter. Um, they, it's basically like, uh, well, it's a, there was a, a first edition of Bangle JS, but apparently um, it was kind of um, beta, like uh, not exactly, like it was fully featured and stuff but they are making a better version called the Bangle JS2. And some are calling it like the true successor of Pebble um, because it has a lot of the same characteristics. Like it has a low, low res um, dis display. And I, I think it's also memory LCD or something very, very similar. Like it, it's a, it, no, yeah, it's a tram transflective display. Um, and also it reads, um, like JavaScript apps. So yeah, uh, developing for it is going to be very easy. There's already a lot of software for it. Um, so I think it's cool that, oh yeah, it also has a touch screen, which, which is something that Pebble doesn't have, but you get around with the three buttons. Like I never thought, oh, this, I wish the Pebble had a touch screen. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's something that um, is kind of exciting in the indie hardware scene. Um, yeah, the Bangle JS2, uh, it's looking to be like the future Pebble. Uh, and I think it's in a lot of ways accomplishing it. Um, like, I don't think it's gonna uh, replace it because Pebble uh, is still gonna have the apps, it's still gonna have the Rebel servers and all that. But I think, um, like, they, they, the thing with Pebble is they are not making them anymore. So yeah. um, this thing is going to be, um, well, it's, it's going to keep getting produced. Um, so yeah. Um, that's something cool that um you know the smartwatch scene isn't like just uh fancy oled uh, displays and all that um and that there's still some of that uh, low tech kind of more uh playful alternative out there <laughs> like i am perfectly fine with the uh, well mine just has a black and white screen i know there were some that had newer ones that had color but I am perfectly fine with the black and white screen and the buttons and everything. I never even thought of like needing a full color like OLED screen and touch screen and everything. Yeah, and also have you seen that there's um like a tiny Pokemon remake uh for the Pebble now that is called Pebblemon. I yeah. haven't seen that. I'm going to Google of the... that original graphics of um, the Game Boy Pokemon and stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that looks really cool. And apparently the creator just figured out a way to put Game Boy graphics in Pebble. Uh, so not exactly emulating the Game Boy, but just uh, displaying the graphics. Um, so yeah, his first experiment, well, the first experiment was the um, Pokemon thing, the Pebblemon, 
And I wonder if at some point they'll develop a Zelda game or something. That would be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's a thing that exists for Pebble. And it's actually one of the more recent um, developments for it. Uh, so oh. that's really cool. Um, while you're on the topic of ports, I probably, I would have expected myself to look into this. Somehow I haven't. I need to see if there's a Doom port for it, because there has to be, right? There's actually, um, how was, no, 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 uh, this thing, uh, I forget uh, the name, Raycast. Yeah, there's a Raycasting app. So Raycast is basically the way in which Doom graphics are displayed or Wolfenstein graphics. Um, it's basically the rendering method. So uh, there's an app that works through Raycasting. You are just walking through a room but you see the textures kind of warp and wobble in 3D, in, well, pseudo 3D. Um, but yeah, um, there is an app that uh, looks a lot like uh, Wolfenstein or Doom uh, running on the Pebble. Um, I don't remember the exact name, but yes, there is one uh, ray casting demo. And there's, there also, had to be. there's also a ray tracing demo. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually played with that once. Um, I was um, moving around the scene uh, at like um, seconds per frame. Um, so uh, I, I was moving for like a minute or two. And yeah, it kind of drained my battery because <laughs> of how, um, how intensive it is <laughs> yep. to run that. Um, yeah, so that's a that's an app I wouldn't recommend you um, playing with all day. Like maybe try it once just to just for the jiggles to see. Yeah, how, so. maybe keep it plugged in while I try to run it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, um, when it, it's something weird about um, um, the demo scene community. Um, like if they find a piece of hardware um, that has um, very low power, they will uh, take it as a challenge um, and they'll pull off something um, super crazy for it. And yeah, that's something I actually love about them. Like the Amiga demos and all that stuff. Um, those are super cool. Also, uh, another alternative that um, is kind of gaining traction is the Wachi by SQFMI. So SQFMI is a company that has developed only a couple of products really. Um, but uh, the most exciting ones are the Wachi, which, which I think it's out of stock, but um, it's basically an e-ink watch which is also trying to be uh, a bit of a successor to Pebble. Um, and there's already some pretty cool watch faces for it and some apps. Um, if you want to learn more about the Watchy, I actually had an interview with the head of SQFMI um, for the last episode um, where we talked about Frankie, their um, one-bit gaming console, and also the Watchy. Um, so yeah, uh, I also think the, the, the watch is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that and the, um, Bangle JS, I think are the, um, coolest, um, I don't, Pebble spiritual successors out there. I looked at alternatives for the Pebble before. A lot of them were like Fitbit thing and then people were kind of yeah. on the edge about it, but these actually look pretty close to it. They don't look that far from like how the pebble was it's got the square screen the everything like that yeah or there are or or the other alternative is the uh, mass fit beep but it's super proprietary so nah uh i think uh, for it to be like a worthy successor it has to be quite open in terms of software development and stuff yeah um yeah um before we move on to the 
Well, uh, do you have anything else to add on the Pebble um, before we move on to the GB Studio? Um, no, I, I think I'm good. I think I got a lot out about it. Okay, um, so on my end, I will say that um, it's actually um, a really uh, great user experience on the device, despite being um, quite a few years old. I think um, it has way more charm than all of the more um, bland or corporate um, looking um, user interfaces from the um, Samsung and Apple watches. Um, the, the the thing I like about the Pebble is that it, it isn't afraid to be playful, but just playful enough that it's uh, actually useful and not annoying. Um, that's something I really like. Um, like for example, uh, when there's uh, no, no future events in your calendar, you get an animation of a sloth uh, swinging in a, in I was a, actually yeah. looking at that on my watch as he started explaining <laughs> it. Like, it was just yeah. poking around. It's super cute. Or when yeah. you silence the notifications from an app you don't like to be annoyed by, um, you get an ostrich diving its head into the ground. Uh, that's also a cute animation. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of quirky stuff like that. And it's something I really like um, when um devices or programs aren't afraid to add just a little playfulness to it i think that's really cool um so yeah those are my thoughts on the pebble i've had a great experience with it there are some really great apps for it some really fun games and um yeah if you can find one for cheap um it's a really cool device yeah. So um, next up, we'll talk about GB Studio. It's a game development tool um, that allows you to make games for the original Game Boy. So um, you've had some experience with it. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Um, well, my first, like my first. Well, but yeah, my first game ever was made in it. I was working on another game made in it, but I never got around to finishing that. But it's like um, really simple and well-made. It's super easy to use because scripting, that's dragging blocks and stuff in. Um, you just import sprites, throw in some music, and then it already has like um, controls for all the different types of games. If you want like a platformer, you just set that up, you put your character in, and then it works on the original Game Boy without any problems because you, because it's just that good. It works perfectly with pretty much everything you put into it. Yeah. Um, something I really like about this um, kind of newer um, game engines that are um, made for, well, I think GB Studio has some of that uh, bitsy um, kind of um, vibe to it. Um, yeah. Like it's um, like when you are working with uh, one bit or two bit in the case of Game Boy, um, it, it really um, allows for um, people that are outside of the realm of programming um, to um, tell really interesting stories that don't revolve so much around the gameplay or the the loop the um risk reward mechanics uh, well games that are uh, focused on the artistic or storytelling aspect um those really thrive on these simple game engines I think. yeah like you could see a lot of people who are maybe not good at programming, but like doing art or telling stories. And then they can use apps like GB Studio and like you said, BitC. And they're like super easy and good for them to use because it doesn't need a lot of programming knowledge, but still can make good looking fun games and stories. Yeah. And um, actually, I think um, GB Studio also added support to Color recently. 
Yeah, I saw that. It started as an engine for um, narrative RPGs, but um, now it has expanded to a couple more genres, actually. Um, let me see exactly which. Um, I kind of, I forgot. Um, one of them is um, like 2D shooters, um, like um, the shoot 'em ups. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> that was, yeah, noisy. So, oh, yeah, there's also platformers now. You can uh, actually make a little platformer on GB Studio. Yeah, like I was saying, there's also uh, uh, like sh shooter ish games. Um, yeah, shoot them ups. Um, oh, there's also point and click adventure games. Um, now you can make them on game on GB Studio as well. So that's really cool. Um, so with that, I think it wraps up to um, four genres, which is like um, adventure slash RPG, shoot em up, um, uh, platformer, and um, what else what oh yeah point and click adventure so um that makes it quite versatile actually um because with bt you really only get um adventure and that's it um i think i think bits is absolutely amazing don't get, don't get me wrong and you can even mod it to add some extra features but the thing is um the fact that gb studio um right out of the box you can make um, games in up to four genres. Um, that's really impressive for a tool so, so simple to use. And yeah, it's I'm free. Like, yeah, it's completely free. I'm pretty sure it's open uh, I'm pretty sure it's open source. Yeah. I'm Which not is also 100% really... sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. I um, will check. GB so um, it also has um, like mm, there's there's some really uh, weird games you wouldn't expect on the Game Boy that because um, this tool exists now you can play these weird games on anything that plays Game Boy like a real Game Boy or a Raspberry Pi Zero or almost anything really or even. Or even anything that doesn't play Game Boy games, because it exports to web as well, and then you can even play it on your phone because it has like Pico Eight type controls that show up on the screen. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, I actually play them on my 3DS. Um, these kinds of games. Um, we yeah, uh, I have a couple of them already um, loaded up. Uh, so yeah. Um, it's really cool that it has that feature as well. Um, I, I don't. I'm, is that a GB Studio feature or is that uh, from like another project to um, kind of embed Game Boy players on the web? Um, I think that's like a different project, and it's just the two um, kind of blended together, right? I, I don't know. I think when you um, export, it's built off another tool, but it's built into the engine oh. and into its exports. So it's still using that other tool just to make games automatically work like that. Because I just exported my my first game with it, and then it just works on my phone. Oh, all right, all right. So there's a couple of horror games, um, which is not a genre that really thrived on the Game Boy. Yeah. But now you're getting a lot of indie devs experimenting with this low-res horror. So there's one called Soul Void, which looks interesting. Um, there's also, um, let me see, I had another one of those right here. Um, oh yeah, there's also The Deus, it's called. Um, I think it's like one of the first games made with GB Studio. Um, well, it's uh, also a horror game and that looks interesting. And of course, there are a lot of more um, kind of charming um, little games, like it's not all horror. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, 
there is some of that if you want to check that out. Um, so yeah, in terms of um, game engines um, for complete beginners, I think um, this one is one of the absolute best for two yeah. reasons. Uh, one um, is that, well, it is really, really easy to make a game. And two, the games you make there um, have uh, like right out of the box, um, a huge uh, compatibility um, like percentage, like almost uh, any device can play them. Um, and yeah, I think um, this kind of speaks to, well, GB Studio um, makes the Game Boy um, more than a gaming console, like a game development platform. Um, so like if you program for the Game Boy, you are programming for everything. So if you make a game in GB Studio, you are making a game for Game Boy, you are making it for Raspberry Pi Zero, you are making it for the browser, for phones, for your old PSP that has a Game Boy emulator, like all of that. Uh, and I think that's really cool to have uh, such a um, universal uh, kind of uh, compatibility layer in such an unexpected place, which is the Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, like uh, maybe um, like uh, 10 years um, uh, ago, like no one would have expected that, um, well, that, that you could make um, Game Boy games so easily with no programming or anything. Um, well, maybe uh, 20 years ago, like uh, 10 years ago, yeah, there was a scratch yeah. and stuff. And yeah, that kind that, that idea kind of became more plausible, but... Um, Nobody would have expected the Game Boy to be like the easiest platform to develop anything yeah. for ever. Yeah, you would have expected it to be like Flash or HTML5 uh, or something, but no, like uh, if you want something that uh, run, that runs pretty much anywhere, um, go develop for the Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. With GB Studio. Um, so um, here I have a list of uh, modern Game Boy games. Um, the thing is, I'm not 100% sure which are made in GB Studio and which aren't. Uh, so let me check that out just because I don't want to um, say like, um, well, I, I don't want to tell lies like, oh yeah, this awesome game um, was made with GB Studio and no, it wasn't. Uh, so um, the one, oh yeah, uh, one I do know is made on, on GB Studio and it's super cool. It's called Sludge and Sorcery. And it's basically about a group of slimes who kill the main hero of the story. And now they got to save the world themselves. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that one's uh, fun. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the gameplay, um, but the story is a lot of fun to read through. Um, yeah, it's very charmingly written. Um, what else was made on GP Studio? Like. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I have a huge list of games that. Oh yeah, here's another one. It's called uh, Cosmic Courier, and it's a bit of a graphic novel. Uh, you are talking with, um, like, yeah. Uh, it, it's basically. Uh, I don't know. Here's the. <laughs> Here's the here's what the page says about the game. Oh, so I don't have to describe it. Someone has ordered a, a package, but no one knows who. Find the real culprit, so you can finally enjoy your days off. Developed in GB Studio, you can find the Game Boy ROM below. So yeah, uh, I like I, I like the pixel art of that game a lot. Uh, it's called Cosmic Courier. Uh, yeah, in each store you basically search for. Um, Game Boy or uh, GB Studio, um, it's really easy to find games made with that tool on on Store.io if you look for them. Um, yeah, you can even just 
Google um, Made in GB Studio itch.io, and then it just only shows you games made in that. Oh, is... yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there are actually a lot of these games. Like, um, it's not a short list um, because there are game jams um, specifically dedicated to making uh, Game Boy games. Um, and a lot of people are making them with GB Studio because um, it just um, cuts a lot of the hard work out uh, so they can focus on the game itself rather than the programming and making sure it's not glitchy and stuff. Um, and that it actually works on the Game Boy, of course. Um, yeah, so uh, you can... So if, if you want to develop games or look for a community of game developers uh, that are making some really charming low-res uh, titles. Um, look no further than GB Studio. Uh, it has a really passionate uh, community and some really uh, exciting things um, have come out of them and are still coming out of them. Um, yeah, the Game Boy has not seen um, its final days yet. Uh, there's there's still like a lot of life in such an ancient uh, little brick. It's kind of crazy. There's still so much that hasn't been done. Like I'm just looking through. Someone's made like a Game Boy pseudo OS. There's like a yeah, portal. There's a that. portal D make. There's like everything is gonna be on Game Boy eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's really really crazy actually. Um, so yeah, any last thoughts on the? Um, GB Studio, um, or like uh, anything you'd like to say to the audience? Um, I just think like if you aren't into game development, you think it's like a field that you can't get into because you need to program a lot or it's something you just don't think you'd be good at, you should try GB Studio because it's super easy. You can make games that, like you said, work on like everything. It's really it's simple to set stuff up. Like you can place objects around on it. You can make it so on interact. It'll do one thing. Have like dialogue you can pick through, and it's all just dropping a few blocks into an object. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for um, being here on the show. Um, I really think I also said. Um, everything I wanted about the GB Studio tool. I think it's a brilliant tool. Um, and the fact that it can run on anything from a Raspberry Pi Pico to your um, Xbox Series X, now that uh, it has this um, web browser um, that is actually a web browser. Um, yeah, um, I think um, it's an awesome platform to develop games for and play games on uh, the Game Boy. So um, yeah, I see a bright future for it, even if it's just a tiny corner of the internet while everyone is thinking about uh, the latest ray tracing update for their game and, and things like that. Um, there's still someone out there making a Game Boy game, uh, which I think it's really cool. Even though this isn't like directly related to GB Studio, like the Game Boy is still really open, really like open to new things. There's a Game Boy productivity suite coming out sometime with like a calculator and a notes app and stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I would like never the, use that, but like it's pretty cool. Just like the Pebble, it's one of those things that refuses to die. Yeah. No matter what, people will keep making stuff for the Game Boy and the Pebble and it, like everything else like that. And the NES actually has a lot of development as well. Yeah, that too. There's um, another like visual like game development app for the NES. Only I haven't tried that one because it's not free. Oh, yeah, that's a bummer. But it's yeah. cool to see that um, there is a Game Boy One and that uh, it supports color. So um, that's super cool. Um, so yeah, um, thanks a lot for being on this episode, um, here with me. Any, um, last thoughts you want to leave the audience with? Um, well, thanks for having me on. That's, that's cool. If you 
have a chance, try out GB Studio, try to find a pebble that's not like a million dollars on eBay or something. Um, yeah. yeah, that's all. Thanks. Dry Town is a tiny action RPG that takes place in a town full of vampires. It was developed for Ludum Dare 44 by David Pixel and as such is a really short game clocking around 30 minutes. The town is full of greedy vampires who will only take your blood as payment. However, how much you can buy from them is determined by how much you can spare from your own HP. That's why it's super important to acquire extra hard containers in this game, as you cannot spend more than the health you possess. Now the combat itself is pretty simple, a lot like the first Zelda game on the NES, but the blood as currency dynamic is pretty neat. Now the game is only 30 minutes, so it doesn't dive too deep into lore, or make any meaningful commentary on grief and exploitation. It's really just a silly game about vampires. To finish up, Field of Hopes and Dreams, House Remix by DJ Cutman, based on the lovely music by Toby Fox. Thank <laughs> you.